Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. So glad you joined me today for the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Larry Kreider here. And with me back in the studio again today is my friend for many years, Pastor Sam Smucker from the Worship Center here in Leola, Pennsylvania. Welcome back, Sam. Good to be back, Larry. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about leadership today. We wrote this book together uh, a few years ago, you and I and uh, Barry Whistler and Lester Zimmerman called Straight Talk to the Leaders. And uh, of course, the last time you were on, you are telling us about your Amish background. It was so much fun and how God called you into leadership and what that looked like, some of the mistakes you made. And for anyone who hasn't listened to that podcast, please go back and check that out. Uh, but today we're going to talk about, we're going to really talk about straight talk to leaders and really say, if you're called to leadership, here's some things you need to be aware of as we look to the future. Now, I do want to, before we get into that, I do want to hear your heart because you have such a love for the body of Christ mm -hmm. and you have such a love for other churches and working together. And we've experienced that together in this area. I mean, you've been like a big brother. I mean, of all the leaders who work together, you've had probably the most experience. And we kind of looked to you and followed mm -hmm. your lead on that. Uh, talk to us about how that happened, and and even maybe was that always understood by other people? Or maybe came from a camp that wouldn't agree with that. Right. Well, before I answer that, has anybody ever interviewed you on this? Uh, they podcast? have, and they're going to be doing more. Okay, good. good because <laughs> Do you they, recommend that they need that. They need to. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we've done a little bit of that, and I've got some. I've got some some young leaders who love interviewing and do a great job, mm -hmm. and um, guys like uh, Merle Shank and guys and yeah. uh, like Josh Good, and they're good. Yeah, and we'll be doing more of that. So yeah. thanks for the encouragement. Yeah, because <laughs> we need to hear what's in your heart too. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean you you can't uh, build. Uh, ministry like uh, God has used you to build throughout the world without having major leadership lessons to share with people. Right, right. And yeah. heart issues to share yeah. with people. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it comes to um, embracing the whole body of Christ, I always felt like we needed to do that. You know, regardless of what Bible school you were schooled in yeah. or um, what label or title you had on your church sign. You know, I didn't never like labels. I never liked those kind of, I, I, I never liked to be pegged something. Right. You know, I just didn't like it. Because when you do, you put walls up. True. And especially in the Word of Faith movement, people had different ideas about Explain that. Word of Faith movement for our, our, our friends who don't know what that is. Well, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. uh, started Rama Bible College. It's now called Rama Bible College. Back in the day when it started was Rama Bible Training Center. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, but he had a call in his life, go teach my people faith. Mm -hmm. So the whole emphasis at Rama was faith and uh, misunderstood sometimes, but right. it was mainly from Mark 11, 23 and 24. And those scriptures, Dad Hagen, we call him, uh, that's what got him off the deathbed right. when he was age 16. Mm -hmm. And so he had a personal 
experience with God that really built that in him. And so he took that into his ministry and uh, preached faith, word of faith, you know, word of faith. Yeah. In, in Romans chapter 10, 8, 9, and 10, mm-hmm. it says, this is the word of faith which we preach. Right. The Apostle Paul said right, that. Right, right. So it goes back to that. This mm-hmm. is the word of faith which we preach. Right. So it had a lot to do with believing God and how to believe God and, and um, you know, making sure you stay positive in life. Right. So it was misunderstood sometimes. Yeah, we learned so much from Brother Hagin yeah. in those days. And his book, his book on uh, the authority of the believer. I read it. Is the is probably his signature book mm-hmm. that has just helped a lot of people right. understand who they are in Christ. Right. And the authority they have in Jesus' name. So uh, that's kind of the best way I can explain that's, the Word of Faith. That's very, very helpful. So yeah. you come from Word of Faith background. You were trained at Rainbow Bible Institute in those days, they called yeah. it. Um, and But your heart was connect with the body of Christ, yeah. not just Word of Faith people. Talk yeah. more about that. Yeah. I remember um, when Worship Center was growing, I mean major growing, and um, we were just trying to keep up. Right. I always tell people back then, we didn't need church growth conferences. Right. We're just trying to keep up. That's true. Really. Today really it's true. different. Same with us, yeah. Today it's different. Today yeah. you have to have strategy right. more than we... I didn't even know what the word strategy meant back then, <laughs> really. And um, so, but I always felt like there was so much to learn from other streams. Yes. And so then when I had this missions mindset for our church, I said to Sherlyn one day, I said, I want to invite, uh, what's the guy from uh, Youth with the Mission? Lauren Cunningham. I want to invite yeah. Lauren Cunningham. Sure. And she said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I want to invite him. So he came. He, he was there several times at worship center. I remember. You know, and when he spoke, I'm like, the world just got small when he spoke. Yeah. I mean, he has stepped foot into every, every nation, nation of the world. Every nation. Even if it was just to pray a prayer. That's right. Every nation. And uh, so he prophesied over me one time and he said, uh, maybe worship center will be uh, a church that will reach into every nation of the world. And I said, Whoa. <laughs> so we've made good progress, but I don't know if that'll, that'll ever come to You've pass. Made a lot of progress. Yeah. So, but anyway, so those kind of things happened. Mm-hmm. Then when we wanted to go into small groups, and we invited um, Juan Carlos Ortiz. Yes. Okay. You remember him? Oh, we had him too. Yeah. yeah. Sure so did. he came. You know, and then when we there was a couple of times right in our community that we sent financial gifts to people. There was this one church in, in Ephrata, not yours, uh, <laughs> that was a, a critical of Worship Center publicly. Okay. So I sent him a gift, you know, and as soon as he got the gift, he called me. And he, this pastor, he said, uh, I got your gift. He said, can we get together for, <laughs> for lunch? So, I, so we got together and he apologized for what he said over sure. the pulpit. And, uh, and then I said, you know, you know, we may not agree doctrinally, but I said one thing we can agree on is that we we want to see people come to Christ. Right. Yeah. And then he said, yeah, you're right. So I always felt like we needed to to have that kind of uh, heart. I agree. You know, to embrace the whole body of Christ, even if we don't agree. You know, that opens doors for relationship with people who love Jesus, just see some things different doctrinally, but yeah. love Jesus, yeah. so we can reach people for Christ together. It's so important, yeah. and you really yeah. led the way in that. Yeah, I think you have, so to, you have to go down the middle of the road in those kind of things, yeah. really. You know, and I, I've, I've never been a 
crazy Pentecostal. Right. Anything goes kind of person. Right. And I haven't either. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not saying I'm not criticizing anybody that, you know, right. the whole laughter movement and all of that. Mm-hmm. I just never I don't know. I never really uh, saw that, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, but I but I rub shoulders with people sure. like that. Sure. You know, and, and I sure. don't criticize. Right. Uh, I don't think we should criticize somebody else's call. Yeah. Even if it does seem. Yeah. Strange sometimes, you know, so. Yeah, well, you've done this so well. And of course, we've worked together with other leaders here in this county for many, many years and prayer meetings and hundreds of prayer meetings, literally. And saying, look, we're going to really forgot for revival. We're just going to keep our relationships clear. We're going to help one another. And really, I mean, I have had so many leaders who come into this area from outside. You say there's something God has done here. They haven't seen other places. But much of that's down to the relationships and the accountability that was expressed, Mm -hmm. I think, among leaders. You know, one of the things you wrote about so clearly in Straight Talk to Leaders, this book, Straight Talk to Leaders, and again, the subtitle is What We Wish We Had Known When We Started. You know, mm-hmm. that's the subtitle, and that's really what we're talking about. Uh, one of the things has to do with relationship and accountability. Is there any more you want to say about that? Because you talk about the importance of that in the book, that we all need relationship, we all need accountability. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I think it's easy to say that we need accountability, but it's another thing to implement it in your life. Right. You know, and um, so for many years, Cheryl and I have had uh, uh, four couples and then other couples like you and Laverne who were not quite as close as right. the other four couples right. that we would get together. And I have told people, I may have even told you this, I don't know, I said, look, if I ever if I ever start making decisions that are taking me somewhere that right. I shouldn't be going, then you come and knock on my door. Mm-hmm. And I know they would. Yep. I know they would. Sure. So uh, accountability, I think you just need to have a good uh, team of people around you, good. maybe several people that are not necessarily in your team, but you know them and you you care about them and they care yeah, about you yeah. and you have given them permission that's to good. speak into your life. Yeah, and you that's know? important. You've got to give them permission. Yeah. For them to really do I it. won't speak into your life unless you tell me. Right. I have that right. You know, right. I usually don't. Yeah. And, 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 even and, even when I give advice to people, I'll, I usually don't give advice and they unless they ask. Yeah, and I did the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you feel like you're encroaching into their lives, you know, unless you know that they want accountability from you. Why Why should you give it to them? And so. if they don't ask, exactly. you're, you're not even sure if they want it. Exactly. So like you yeah, said. That, exactly right. Talk about being teachable, because I know you have been very teachable over the years and mm-hmm. being accountable and teachable. And that's something you talk about in the book, Straight Talk to Leaders. How did that work for you? We're talking here for... You know, we're talking about leadership. So those listening in from around the world, from different levels of leadership, can say, how can I learn and grow? What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to be teachable? Yeah. When we started needing people uh, at the church to help us, that's always what I looked for. You know, are they teachable? Yeah. Are they are they open to learn or are they, do they have a little chip on their shoulder? Right. Uh, are they Are they talking about themselves? Or are they asking questions? Mm. I have, I have, and you have too, I'm sure, met with leaders who were struggling. I mean, things were not going well, yep. but they had all the answers. Right. They did all the talking. Yeah. And here I was sitting with them, maybe having lunch or coffee or right. something, and they're doing all the talking, 
But yeah, they're, they're the ones that are just in dire straits, you know, and they're not, <laughs> they're not asking questions. Right. I remember one pastor came down from one of the New England states in my region, and he said, I need to meet with you. And so he, him and his wife came, and they had uh, their house was being sheriff sailed. Their church was going uh, under. Their mm. church building mm. was being taken from them. Their marriage was a mess. <laughs> so it's not funny. But so he, he met with us for dinner. They met with us for dinner and did all the talking. Oh, my. Larry, all the talking. And finally, I just sat back and folded my my arms and I thought to myself, I can't, yeah. I can't help this person. Yeah. They don't want help. No. And then uh, the next day I called uh, my national director in Tulsa and I told him, I said, I can't help this person. And he said, Sam, what are you talking about? I said, I can't help him if he just does all the talking. And uh, he said, I see what you mean. So I think teachable mm-hmm. means that you're mm-hmm. willing, you want to learn, you're hungry to learn. Yes whether it's about the role you're about to take on or general things about God or about ministry, you know, you're, you're just generally a hungry person as far as learning yes. uh, about yourself. You know, and the other big thing is self-awareness. Some people just don't have self-awareness. True. You know, they don't know, they, they don't know or they don't want to know how they come across. And so to teach self-awareness, it's not necessarily easy, but it has to be taught. You know, so if somebody has a chip on their shoulder, they probably don't know it. That's true. How they come across. So you have to uh, teach them how to be teachable. Yeah. Scripture where it says in James, you can be quick to listen, slow to speak, yeah. slow to wrath. Yeah. And there's so much we can learn if we just listen, you know, ask questions and, and listen. So you have a church like Worship Center, and I'm not bragging or anything, but to have a church that has grown to thousands impact thousands. thousands of people, yeah. You're sitting across from somebody who has a church of 40, nothing wrong with having a church of 40, right. but they're not asking any questions. Right. Something wrong with that picture. Right. You know, and somebody that has, uh, I just helped somebody with a 14th anniversary of their church, and they have about 40 people. Now, nothing wrong with a 40-member church. And, and, and I love small, I love all sizes. Yep. I love all kinds of churches. Right. I don't care where you meet. I don't care. So, but... The thing is, though, you want to reach your community. Right. So if you have the same 40 people for 14 years, right. something, in my mind, yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> something it's, needs well, to change. Well, it's one thing if they're 40 people and they're multiplying other churches, starting other churches. Right. That's one thing. Yeah. But if it's just the same people coming together. Basically the same navel people. Navel-gazing, so to speak. Yeah. You know, Basically the same people. There's probably something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If they're planting other churches, absolutely. Right. I tell a church that has 40 people, I said, Plant another church over in the next community. Right. Exactly. You know, or start in someone's house over here. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's good. Let's talk about teamwork. You've done this so well. You've got guys like Don Neff who've worked with you for so many years. And, mm-hmm. of course, I've had people in my life, you know, the Ron Myers and Brian Sadlers and Steve Picops, on and on, who work with me for years. Talk about building team and how that worked or are there any mistakes you made in that initially. Um I know the last time we were together for the podcast, you know, we talked about how sometimes we expect everyone to be like us, and that doesn't work, obviously. But to talk, talk about teamwork. You talk about it in the, in the book, Straight Talk to mm-hmm. Leaders. And what, do you, what have you learned about building a solid team, Sam? Yeah, I, I don't know how I learned this at the beginning, but I always felt like uh, I cannot be strong in every area. Yeah. 
I don't know where that came from, but I just always felt that. So Sherlin and I started praying from the beginning, Lord, when we need somebody in a uh, key position, you're gonna send the right person. Mm -hmm. We always looked in-house first, and most of our team members, as we grew, came from in-house. That's so important, yeah. Now, there was a few. I I remember uh, we needed somebody to take care of finances. You know, at the beginning, we did everything. Right. We right. folded the bulletins. Of course. You know, we did everything. Right. And after a while, it's like, you can't. And somebody said to me one time, maybe it was you, I don't know. It said, um, if you want to grow beyond 200 people, that's about how how much how many people you have if you try to do everything. Yeah. About 200. That's true. And uh, you're going to have to have good team members. Well, then uh, Don Neff, a dairy farmer, he started coming to church and... Uh, he he was a he's a pastoral guy. He really you know, is. And I was task oriented. Yeah, he's he was pastoral, pastoral, you know, and and he just came and brought that. Him and Doris brought that to the to the church when they became team members. They just brought that gift yeah. into the church, yeah. which I didn't have. I right. mean, we had this thing over our head that we weren't a caring church. <laughs> well, that's not how I felt inside. Right. But that's how we were perceived. Sure. And perception is everything. It is. You know, so I, that's how we were perceived. But when Don and Doris come in, that culture, that caring culture started really to come did. in and they started. brought that in. Yeah. And then we needed somebody for finances. And um, so I made an announcement one Sunday morning of what we were looking for. And two guys came to me from the church that said, they said, God told them it was them. That's always scary. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so how did God, why did, how did, could God tell two people yeah. that they were the ones? Yeah. And then there, there happened to be a guy, his name was Lester Miller, happened to be in the church service visiting that morning when I made that, that announcement. And he calls and he says, I heard your announcement. Would you be interested in meeting with me? And he said, I'm a bank manager and so on and so forth. So he came and we felt to choose him. Yeah. You know, we felt God, and he was from the outside. Right. So we hesitated a little bit. But he came, they moved to the area, and he was our director of finance, or back then I think we called a church administrator, for uh, which today would be executive pastor, I guess, right. for uh, 21 years. Wow. Till he retired, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we built our team that way. You know, what areas were we weak in? Yeah. And needed somebody that had a strength there. So you prayed. Obviously, that's number one. You wanted to hear from God. Uh, secondly, you went in-house if possible. People yeah. share your values, share your core values yeah. mm -hmm. that God's given you. But you were open to people from the outside. There's times God did use that, and Lester's an example of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and, and Don, and you, of course, Cheryl and, and uh, Doris have worked together all these years. Yeah. You know, it's amazing mm -hmm. watching that. And and anyone outside looking in, we see that you were the visionary leader, yeah. and Don was the pastor, an amazing guy. Mm -hmm. And that really, really worked together well. And then we had a, we had a Christian school, as you know, yep. called Living Word Academy. And we started that in 1981. And um, so we were looking for an administrator for the school. Yeah. And um, so we were interviewing people. And Ken Godshaw was part of the church, part of the school, but not the administrator of the school. So we were, him and I and a few other people were interviewing people. So one day after the one interview, I said to Ken, I said, Ken, what about you? Hmm. And then he said, uh, well, nobody has asked me. I said, okay. And so he became 
mm. the school administrator yeah. until he went to be with the Lord at, yeah. at a fairly young age. Yeah. And uh, but he was there for 22 years. Yeah, I think he did a great job. Yeah. And so again, that's how we built our team. You know, looking at strengths and looking inside first. Mm-hmm. But we made a mistake several times. Well, I don't know if we made a mistake or not. Sometimes people change right. in their role. And so we, um, we, had, we needed a youth pastor, and uh, this particular individual was coming to Worship Center, and so we asked him if he'd like to be the youth pastor. We had ended up disastrous. Mm. And um, so I look back at that, and I wonder, did we make a mistake? Didn't we hear God uh, correctly in that instance? Mm-hmm. Or did we, and he changed his heart changed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it ended up bad. Uh, he tried to split the church, but yeah, yeah. I remember those days, and uh, of course, God gave you grace to work through it. But it was difficult. You know, often you don't know. Sometimes it was a mistake. We just should have prayed more. Yeah. And other times people change. Yeah. And we live in an imperfect world. And, and I'm sure you've you seen that too. I have seen that. We've made many, many mistakes Yeah, in that whole realm. We've always tried to look within. We feel like people, we share our hearts, share our values. It's better. Um, and we've had some just amazing leaders over the years, mostly from within that's really worked. Mm-hmm. And we had some that worked with us for years and felt caught on to other places. And that was difficult. But fine, and we yeah. all go through that stuff. I know worship yeah. centers and groups of people leave, and we the groups of people leave. Yeah. Uh, but the key is for us is to stick with our core values. What is who has God called us to be? Yeah. And you, I see you've done that really, really, really well. Let's in fact let's talk about succession and change. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I was forty five. I turned over. You know, our church. It was a couple thousand people. It was a multi site church. To, over to, in our case, it wasn't one church. We started eight churches. In most cases. Like in your case and uh, many other cases, you simply find a successor and you, you, know, you move on to other things where you become a real spiritual father, mentor, working with leaders. But how did that work for you? Are there any things you've learned there that would help other leaders who are thinking about, about succession, you know, moving out of their role uh, and finding the right person to lead the ship forward? Yeah. Talk, talk about that a bit. I think that would help. It would help people listening in. And by the way, anybody listening, if you want to get a hold of Sam, or Pastor Sam, you know more about him, his ministry, check out the show notes, uh, Worship Center Ministries and all the websites and all that. Uh, two books that he's uh, helped to write. One, he and I wrote together a book years ago called Growing the Fruit of the Spirit. And then straight talk to leaders what we wish we had known when we started. We co-authored with two of our friends who are senior pastors former senior pastor in the area, now leading movements of churches. But talk about succession, Sam. Talk about how you walked through that, because it was amazing watching you and walking with you through that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, very, very positive and very positive today. Talk about it. I remember um, even before we left Bible school to come back here, I, f- I felt like the Holy Spirit uh, dropped into my heart 40 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. and But I didn't think much about it. I thought Jesus would come back before then. Didn't we all? <laughs> I did, you know. But then when 35 years rolled around, and uh, I said to Sherlock, I said, well, you know, this could actually happen. And um, so I said, let's make a plan. So we went to our bylaws. And this is a, a good a key a okay. point of information right here. You need to have something in your bylaws about succession. Mm. So you have something to go to. 
So we had it in our bylaws of what to do in succession. And we were, we were to form a, a succession task force. Uh, and it said who should be on it, several people from outside, mm-hmm. several people from the board, and so on. And uh, so we put that together and made a four-year plan uh, of succession, actually four-and-a-half-year plan. And um, that was in June of, of 13, 2013. And so we took a whole year and a half sure. just to pray uh, look at candidates. I went to the, my pastoral staff one day and I said, if any of you want, here's what we're doing. If any of you want to be considered, then talk to me. So two of them did. But I had already talked to Matt Milan, mm-hmm. and but I hadn't talked to the other person who came to me. And um, so went a year and a half, went meetings, interviews, did personality profiles, you know, all those kind of things, sure. strength finders tests. And, and uh, so in finally in February of 15, uh, one morning I said to Cheryl and I said this, why do we need any more meetings? We know yeah. who this is, is. So we went to our uh, task force and said, here's what we're recommending. And uh, they all agreed. I didn't know how to do it. I never did that before. Sure. So I handed out three by five cards to them. I said, put on there yes or no, or uh, I need more time. Okay. Well, they were all yeses. Okay. So the next thing that the bylaws said, the succession team has to make a recommendation to the board of directors. Okay. So we did. So the board of directors were like 11 people. Succession team was like nine. So we all met. And I was just about to ask the same question and hand out three by five cards. And I said, uh, do, you, do you guys want to meet with Matt and Kelly Milan? They said, yeah, we would. So we met with them. and The whole group? And then, no, just the board. Okay. And um, for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Grilled them. Uh, it was good, though. And uh, then it was after that then I said to the board, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to hand you a three-by-five cards. Yes or no, or I need more time. And they were all yeses. So it was unanimous. Yeah for Matt Milan to ask Matt Milan. Right. So we asked him and they wanted a week to think about it and they accepted. And then we went through a time where it was um, working together. What did that look like? Um, the first, I started giving him staff responsibilities little by little. Mm-hmm. And Matt was chomping at the bit. He was ready. Yeah, I was ready to release he was ready to take on. Yeah. So it was perfect combination. Right. And so, and then I said, I want you to preach once a month because he never preached much. He was our worship director right. for 10 years. I remember that. Never preached much. And uh, so he preached one Sunday a month in 2015, two Sundays a month, a month in 2016, and then three Sundays a month in 2017 up until June. That was our actual success, uh, transition day. And, um, so that's how we did it, little by little. And by the time June, well, you were at that meeting. By the time June uh, 11 came around, it was just a matter of handing the baton. It, yeah. it was just a, a, a matter of a formal transfer. Everything else had yeah. been done. 
Yeah, you, you were a model. I think what Worship Center was a role model of how they can work well, and we've seen it work well now in other movements and yeah. other larger churches in our area, <clears throat> and following a lot of the same principles. Having that outside group to help, you know, whoever they were, mm-hmm. to help with the process. You know, we've called it advisory teams. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you follow that well. But I, what you said, I haven't heard often before, and that is that in your bylaws, you should have in your bylaws as to how succession should happen. That's, yep. that's a good takeaway for I think a lot of leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was glad I, we had that because yeah, it was something to go back to. That's very, very, very good. Yeah. Well, good. Wow, we're we're out of time already. God has used you so much, Pastor Sam, and this has been such a joy to walk with you and uh, other key leaders here in this area. But Anything I want, else I wanted, you want to say? Yeah, I wanted to say that the tra- when the transition took place, and now Matt's been in there four and a half years already. Wow, is that long already? Well, almost five. Yeah. By June, it'll be five sure. years just doing a phenomenal job sure he is a an amazing leader he really is so so when we go there uh that's our church that's our home church yep. we still go there that's the when we're not be. out ministering we're sitting there yep. you know uh cheering him on and and i encourage him all the time i said you know he's just doing a great job so so um it was a good transition for us Good. And you're now serving leaders uh, in the, the Worship Center Ministerial Fellowship. Right. And through REMA also, right. a regional REMA leader. Yeah, we preach every Sunday somewhere. We, That's amazing. Yeah, we go uh, actually all over the nation Yeah, and other nations. We still sure. go. We didn't the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Right. But right. We, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit Good. to go. Good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pastor mm-hmm. Sam, for joining me. And uh, again, anyone, you want to know more about the ministry that pa- Pastor Sam has or uh, any of the books we're talking about here, Growing the Food of the Spirit, Straight Talk to Leaders, check out the show notes. I do want to give Pastor Sam an opportunity if there's any last-minute thing he'd like to say. And uh, then we'll be signing off for today from the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've, I've um, the, the Lancaster County has been a launching pad for many ministries. It has. And um, I think it's still that way. It is. You know, those ministries have been have had longevity, many of them. Yes. Not all of them, but many of them. True. And have had key leaders in the community. And, and I think if you're a pastor somewhere, make sure you're connecting with other pastors in your yes. area. You know, whether it's a different denomination or whatever. Right. Don't let titles and labels keep you from from uh, interacting with other people. Get involved in the ministerium. Yeah, exactly. We didn't for years, but now we are. Yeah. You know, and we found out they thought we were snobbish at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I had that little chip on my shoulder. Sure, You know, and should never let that chip on there. Got to get knocked off. When you think you have a little corner on the market of some, you know, gospel, it's just not good. It's not true. Pastor Sam, thank you for your obedience to God. You and Sherlyn all these years, and you've served the, not only the Worship Center, but the Body of Christ here in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and throughout our nation and the nations. And it's been a joy to walk together with you. And to look forward to a lot more to come in the future. Amen. So thanks, everyone, for joining us today for Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. Check out the show notes in the bottom, and uh, you can check out the various books that Sam's written and uh, find out more about him and the ministry that the Lord has given to him. And remember, we learn these small things, small changes we can make. One small change we make can make a massive, massive difference in the lives of our lives and the lives of many others. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. 
If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.